Generative Art Podcast with Tim and Ruth. Today we're talking about just creativity and all of that. Let's go. Okay, okay. Um, I have to ask you a question. Yes. Have you watched I'm Dark Crystal? Um, I've watched the old version, but I haven't watched the remakes. Okay, so the old the old film, so the film in the eighties, I say eighties. Uh, that is uh, the Dark Crystal film. The series that just came out on Netflix is a prequel to that. Right. Okay. Was it um, Jim Henson? Yes, yeah, so it's Jim. It's Jim Henson. Yeah. So Jim Henson made the original film, and it's actually his daughter is heading up um, the studio, and they're working with Netflix to bring that the prequel series back. So there's a series on Netflix, Dark Crystal. I'm sure a lot of our, you like listeners probably have heard about it, if not have watched it. I'm not going to bring in any spoilers, um, but it's amazing and I really really enjoyed it <clears throat> and I don't want to go like fanny about it and be like oh it's amazing it's the best should. thing I've ever should. seen um I've seen other things which are also good which I've enjoyed um but what you should do is you should watch it and then there's a making of which I watched afterwards and it sort of takes you through the process of how they've recreated all the puppet puppets. They've got some of the old people that did it for the original film back in to do a lot of the art direction. Wow. Um, they've got there's a whole cast of puppeteers. Like it's insane. It's like I think it's one of the most expensive things that Netflix has done, which is interesting. Well, there you go. They what they did. So my point about this, and this is a bit of a spoiler, but it's only the making of. So I I would fully recommend watching the series then watching the making of I made a mistake by watching the film like refreshing myself with the film first and then watching the series but because oh, it's a prequel that's a mistake it's a prequel so you can watch the film after it's fine just go straight into the series just just do it just get in there um get some right. get some girlfriends and some skexis it's it's great um something that something really interesting that came out of the making of was they originally thought about doing it just in CGI which when this, the, the entirety of the entirety it, of that it, would be a mistake. Yeah, <laughs> so you should watch the making of it. It's quite interesting. Which when it came out on Netflix, I thought it was going to be CGI. I thought they'd sort of recreated this sort of puppet esque feel um, in three D, and they, they did it. And it's only when I started watching the series that I realised they'd done it with puppets, like traditional puppets. Um, one of the interesting things is though, uh, they did a couple of sort of trials a cgi a couple of trials of puppets they actually decided with the cgi house to put cgi over the puppets to enhance that look that is interesting isn't that interesting and like it comes out in the making of and i was like that's really cool because that brings together two techniques and two ideas and you get what are we new. what are we thinking here like a instagram filter enhance kind of yeah so there's a lot of that because you get that in post prod anyway right that's a lot of post-production so i think they film and when they put it through post-production they take it to the cgi house then um but it's a lot some of it is more to do with the facial expressions of the puppets so enhancing the facial expressions because there's only so much movement you can get from robotics of the face 
so little sort of tweaks of the eyes and things like that so it's funny that uh they've done that for um the the spider-man into the spider-verse that came out they did cgi and then drew over the cgi i'm fairly sure oh i still Um, haven't seen that to like add the details yeah so it's it's kind of a similar similar melding of techniques yeah it is they they did it i can't remember what the film is called um where they filmed it on put a filter over it it was years ago with keanu reeves and winona Ryder. oh uh scanner darkly thank you yes scanner darkly um so this brings me to a point uh, i was watching the creative brain i've watched a couple of these recently which was all about how anybody can be creative and one of their points about what makes creativity is linking ideas together or linking essentially at the end of the day techniques together i think it's more than that but it does it it's an interesting one so it is a little bit like your pen plotter you are you have a plotter and plotters have been around for ages but now we're linking them to um code and we have almost a whole I'd say new medium. I mean, obviously, uh, it's been happening for a while, but this whole new thing is being explored. Different pens are being used. Um, yeah, that's... I saw somebody, I can't remember who it was, um, I was only flicking through it yesterday, who had painted a mirror and his plotter was scraping off the paint of the mirror when it was going over it. Oh, that... <laughs> As uh, that sounds like a fantastic idea, all I can think of in my head is like the sound of a nail <laughs> on a chalkboard as it as it scratches uh, over. Now I'm doing the same thing. Um, wow, I have to I have to find that. Yes. That sounds incredible. Yeah, I will. I will find it. We'll put it. We'll put it in the links. It is I funny how, it. especially with the plotter, um, yeah, so much. I mean, you ha- you you do have the creativity and the code, but yeah, so much of the execution relies on like, oh, what pens am I going to use, or what paper am I going to use, and what uh, what combination of of things is going to kind of best portray what I'm trying to do, which I guess never is really a particular target, but um, I'm just I just have them right in front of my desk at the moment, so I'm kind of looking at like I've done a lot of like silver and blacks and gold and blacks and stuff. Um, uh, and then I have one of exactly the same thing, just on black and white on a piece of paper, and it's it's like they they stand so differently apart. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm 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 really enjoying my uh, colors, like my dark papers and my light inks at the moment. I, I don't have a plot. I'm doing Inktober, yeah, and I'm trying to make them all with either white or silver or, or gold. Um, some of them are black. I've black. got the pens you gave me right here. <laughs> They were they were grey though, which I also like. I like how very subtly grey those those pens are. Yeah, um, the uh, to me it's to me I think it's more than just the combining of ideas. Although they do add to the, to the creative process. I remember when I was, I think I was probably an early teenager, and I remember seeing this um, exhibition. It's very very small part of it. And somebody had so uh, knitted wire, and they were very very small, either sculptures or um, fascinators or earrings and things like that. But they they had married knitting 
with wire. wire. And I thought this was the best thing I'd ever seen at the time because I was doing a lot of wire work. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is brilliant. I, mean, I have some itchy sweaters, but that sounds <laughs> Yeah, incredible. it was just, uh, the, yeah, I, I did try to do it. I just failed miserably. I can't knit. Yeah. Wait, what, are, what, are, what, what kind of wire... Uh, Somehow in my head, I'm thinking of those um, scrubbing brushes, oh. the the ones that you have to use to get the cheese off the <laughs> frying pan, the really rough so, ones. So um, you're thinking like wire wool almost, which is not the scrubbing brush, but no. Yeah, um, well, yeah, because it's yeah, a so no, This is just yeah. like, uh, I think it was like 0.6 mil colored wire. So it's very flexible, very fine. Um and it's like a one sheet. I want to translate that into non-millimeters for. Oh Americans, yeah, okay. So yeah, I that's very, no. very, very, a very, very, very small amount of inches. Like too small to measure in inches. Zero point six mils. <laughs> yeah, no, no inch, no inch, zero, rounded down. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, so yeah, I really and and I'm always almost slightly obsessed with it. I'm always like, what. Uh, pretty much since then I think it's like what can I marry with what to make the next thing what, what but it's all very material based I still think that that's not necessarily I haven't stepped out of that into the actual process itself like yeah I mean I have like the embroidery machine and I mean it's I guess I'm trying to kind of put code like you you code your design of course and then you have it as an SVG and then you have to translate it into, I don't know what it's called, some kind of thread oh, language, I, I guess. Yeah, I where, touched on this recently. Know, I, I assume it's a different type of SVG. I'm sure it's just like a very coordinate-based thing, like go here, then go here, then go here, then go here. Um, but that's like the second translation of it. And then you can finally get it onto your fabric. Yeah, I'm very, very but, into that. Yeah, like, definitely a similar thing. Taking the generative stuff that you do and... and like sewing it I'm very excited that that's that would look very very cool you could do it different threads different yeah. I mean I feel like it's it's such a funny uh, yeah that's it you you kind of get into a mindset I think when you're when you're being creative or I do at least where uh you kind of see something new and you you want to apply like your art to that to that thing um so with you know with the sewing machine it's like oh i can i can get it you know onto the clothes but i feel like if i had a power washer it's the same <laughs> kind of thing i want to do a big oh power wash i'm excited to see that when it happens your, your power wash your power wash <laughs> well, um, yeah i i get a little bit carried away with anything new i'm just i'm looking around i'm sitting in my studio and it's just full of like different areas of the studio contain different things right so to top left is my wool uh, above me is my fabric to the right are my pens and so on and so forth behind me my is my laser cutter and I'm like that sounds very um, organized <laughs> it kind of has to be there's a lot of a lot of things going on and I think that it's just this exploration of techniques and actually I'm still just trying to marry them in a very cool way like uh I I've tried the fabric and the laser cutter a number of times and I'm still pretty sure there is something there. I just haven't found it. Wait, wait, you put the, yeah, wait, yeah, wait, 
That sounds fire. Fire <laughs> hazardy. Yeah, I did that. Yeah. Um, I think we've actually talked about this. Have we talked you about did this? Light on yeah, fire? I've, I've set, I've set um, I leather so. on fire. So you can, um, I found that you can cut cotton relatively easily. It's a little bit like card. Um, you can engrave things like... Lasers can cut cotton. <laughs> you heard it here yeah. first. You can engrave things like denim and leather, um, which I haven't been particularly successful with yeah. thus far. It is awesome. <laughs> thus far, hence the fire. Um, but wait, oh, it it just burns all the um, way through. I it. was cutting some very um sort of fluffy leather, like the back of the leather was very uh fluffy, <laughs> and I think the technique really is to cover it. So you you're supposed to most stuff that you buy that's ready for laser cut, any kind of perspex or wood, is covered in a kind of a mask, so that when you cut it, you don't get the burn marks around when uh. you cut it. Um. And I hadn't done this with the fabric that I put in. So I think if I was to mask it, just stick masking tape over it, I think that would solve the problem. But it just sort of flamed up very, very quickly and very fast. But it's all contained and it's got an exhaust. So all that happens is is it's consistently sucking the air out of the laser cutter. It basically just sucked all the air out and went out. Um, But filled my studio with smoke (laughs) in the process. yeah, that's, that's incredible, incredible. Um, yeah, hence why I probably <laughs> haven't done too much fabric work in the laser cutter since. But yeah, and again, I feel like there's something yeah. like I'm always there's, thinking about there's it. Room to grow. <laughs> <laughs> I am always thinking about that, like marrying those two things. It's like thinking, what can I put next? Yeah, into the yeah, laser cutter? Uh, yeah. I have tried a number of things. You know that foam board you get? Artists use foam board. I've seen that. So it's like card, uh, uh, two like... layers of card, and there's foam inside. It's like a cheap uh, canvas. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I've tried that. That's pretty cool. People use it for yeah, modeling. Yeah, exactly. That like is that. pretty cool. But I'm trying to find a thin version because um, it's quite thick. But that's a good one. And that's biodegradable for the most part as well. I feel like I use a lot of perspex. Uh, I get quite environmentally conscious in my old age. So perspex is not something I want to continue <laughs> with. <laughs> just cutting more plastic that's fair that's fair um yeah it's it's funny how that i guess like so for just creatively thinking you kind of tend to meld meld and like branch out things into different places it's also kind of interesting for me to see how uh the the work that i do um kind of artistically and generatively also kind of can end up branching into a professional into my kind of professional life as well like that transfer of i guess we're talking about initially the transfer of ideas but the transfer of skills yeah. is is a big kind of i don't know it's it's something you can kind of get into um i found myself a lot of the time i find myself building something at work uh, which is kind of a big react <laughs> react app no surprises there sounds like no so much fun too. coming down from the sky <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, but uh, when you're kind of, I guess, building a system for generative art, you kind of, I don't know, the, the principles are the same. You have your design system of like, this is how we're going to do circles. This is how we're going to do squares. This is how we're going to do uh, butterflies mm-hmm. and abstract shapes. And, and this is the kind of input that I want to give it. Um, it. It does sound incredibly boring, but I've been building like a form, a form builder that uh, just connects to the data the database and just goes oh this is the type of information that you that you're trying to display let me kind of generate for you 
how everything is going to look and behave. Um, and I don't know. It's just like, oh, that idea didn't come from trying to solve a problem at work. It kind of came from, I guess, the knowledge and, and skill set that I've built through uh, yeah. generative art. <clears throat> and so. like, I think that's what this, uh, the creative frame was trying to say. It's that transferring of like, not like the not non compartmentalizing that so you are able to be like this is how i'm doing this in one area and i can transfer that to another area and it's the same way of thinking exactly um i'm yeah. just going to adapt it for where it's I a am. surprise it feels like a surprise sometimes when it works yeah <laughs> i mean it sounds like the coolest form what you're saying is you made a generative art form tim so yeah no it's okay it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> when you look at it it's like wow tim you built some input <laughs> but the the joke that i keep saying is that we're never going to have to work again because it should automate if it's built properly you know it should yeah, automate, automate yeah things. the most breaking and part and most annoying you, part of um, do you find that you go down that rabbit hole too far I think one of the things that I'm tr struggling with at the moment because um, I'm trying to build a sort of audio generative art thing and they've been trying to do it all year and um, every single time I work on it a little bit the first sort of 30 minutes are just thinking about whether I'm structuring it right but it's more to do with how much am I automating this and how much input am I going to have every single time I write some code so the automation is this um, over here I've got the shape generation system and over here I've got um, the colors uh, object and over here I've got uh, some sort of grid thing going on and then to create something I just stick them all together um, how much of that do I want to be automated and how much of that do I want to be able to specify the parameters for the grid like I've got grids that are generative, but also do I want to go in and say, actually, I want to change this grid a little bit. Can I, can I alter it? What was my question? Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> how far is too far? <laughs> how far is too far? Like how far is too much automation and how much should it be? Um, you just coding? I've been thinking about that a lot, actually, because um, it's stopping me from just making art at the moment and thinking about it too hard. Right. Mm. yeah i've uh, i've been down the rabbit hole as well i feel like it's almost like part of of maturing as an engineer is trying to catch yourself mind you i don't think there's anybody that will ever be able to always stop themselves from from ending up deep deep down the hole um, but i guess that's yeah. where you find also the like the limitations of of your of your system, you know, oh, I built something that I can pass it like a small config and it will generate this, this whole thing for me. Um, but then when it comes down to it, it's like, oh, I don't know, maybe it feels too human at that point. If you're, if you have so much configuration, we don't want to end up like Webpack. Nightmare. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Maybe we do. Because yeah. A powerful, incredible tool. <laughs> I know, I know. It's just, uh, I guess that's it. I guess that's the whole thing. It's just getting that balance right. Maybe I should just suck it up. And it's also kind of a question it's of, right. like, I, I found uh, sometimes when building things, when building systems, um, it is like a deep tunnel of like, oh, I need to have 
uh, A and I need to have B and I need to have C and I need to have all of these things to kind of get the final product. Um, but where the process kind of falls apart is, uh, at least in, in my case, um, I kind of lose a little bit of the sight of what the end product should be. I feel like with a lot of generative art, I'll get something on the paper and then I'll like expand upon that idea. But when building a system and, and you know, when, when you have something on paper and you're expanding upon it, you're kind of building it from two different directions. You know, you've, you've got that, you're, you're meeting in the middle essentially with the code, you know, it's like, well, this is the output that I want and this is the input that I want. I just need to get the middle piece. Um, yeah. But uh, in in a case where you're like building a full system of like, well, I need a system for circles and I need a system for squares and I need, or, you know, for sounds. Um, I don't know. It's like, it's top heavy. So it, it it's definitely easy to lose sight of the, of the end. But then I don't know when you get there, it can be, it can either work or not work. <laughs> That's just it. I think you've <clears throat> sort of precisely described the problem that I'm having right now is that I haven't actually made any art with it for about two months because I pulled it apart and I'm going back that I don't know what I'm doing is right because nothing's falling out the bottom and I'm not sure if I want to right. go through this thing again where I'll get to the end and I'll produce something and be like no that's okay and I have to go back to the start and then do a bunch of refactoring and just keep doing this because it's such a, that's it. it's well, a, this it's thing... a bigger system than just having I don't know, just one one page of code where you can instantly see it update all the time. Does that make right. sense? Yeah, the thing that I did for work, it was like I had to just kind of fight through it. Mind you, I'm getting paid a lot, so it's fine. <laughs> um, makes it a little like, bit well, easier. Well, that's my, that's my job, Tim. Yeah, you got to wake up and you got to do it. It's your job. Yeah. Um, but uh, it did, it was like a, a couple of months, you know, to kind of finish this thing and a lot of rebuilding and a lot of unrebuilding. Yeah. And then at the end, it's not a lot to show for it because it's like, well, I produce one thing with it now. Um, but in your case, it's going to be exactly the same situation where, and I guess all design systems, really, when, when people build something that follows a system or uses a system, the, the time that you start to save after it's finished is is insane you know and it's like in your case it's like the uh because i've i've you know you've talked to me about this project a bunch of time yeah. it sounds like when if and when it's finished um you're going to be able to get so much out of it you know and suddenly when when somebody says hey ruth i've got this idea for a a project like could you are you available for some freelance work you're you're going to be able to know like oh i can build this thing in half the time because i have the i have the system you know it exists and that's awesome such a good feeling i hope so i hope so because i i feel i'm I definitely i'm in a the believer realms. Thank I'm, you, <laughs> I'm definitely in the realms at the moment where i'm thinking what is this actually useful for is this gonna be is that going to be the case or um, are, should I, mean, I just... You're solving a problem that you have. Yeah, so I'm solving a problem be. that I have. It's a very specific problem. And should I just take a step back, make some things with other things and actually take some learnings from that to see what I want the system to actually do? That's the stage I'm at at the moment before I start going into it again. 
That's always a good idea as well. Yeah. yeah. So maybe just, yeah. Yeah. Thank, thanks for the chat. Thanks. It's great. I feel better. <laughs> um, before we go, because, uh, yeah. Um, the whole creative thing, which is the strand that I wanted to talk about, which is what makes something creative as opposed to not being creative, which one program I watched was this idea of linking things together and applying that whole different skill sets or different techniques. Um, the other thing that I watched was uh, something called Why Are We Creative? Which we did have a little chat about, but we didn't. Yeah. We haven't put it on here. Um, which is another interesting one, which I think people should watch. Because that was very... That, that didn't just answer what makes someone creative or what makes something a creative process, but why, why do we have this need to even create? Where does that come from? Because personally, my personal thing is, yes, I definitely, you know, I had a bit of a frustrating day. I'm going to do something creative to make it a better day. And that's going to make me feel better. I have a need to do it. Yeah, Where does that come I also from? have a need to do it. I think it's it's like I'm kind of, I, I think addicted is the wrong word. but It's a bit of an addiction. It is. It, it, it's a bit like a drug. Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> having having an output basically feels great to me it's like I definitely sometimes I'm like oh I just haven't you know I haven't done anything on the plotter for ages or I haven't kind of released any code for ages and it's like oh I need to have an output somewhere yeah there needs to be (laughs) there needs to be something yeah um, going out the film by the way it's by Herman Vosk um and he we used to work for Saatchi and Saatchi in London. I think I was back in the early 80s. And so he's worked for multiple different agencies since he was a creative director. Um, and he just started going around asking people, why are we creative? Why are you creative? What The, the same sort of question, like, why are you creative? Why do you do this? There's there's no need for it. <laughs> that, sort of, that sort of idea. Um, Damn, it's definitely it's the harsh, the harsh reality. <laughs> definitely worth a watch because he's asked a whole number, a whole a plethora of people like artists um songwriters like musicians um random people on the street um there's people like bono and david bowie and bjork and it's not like now it's not made last year it's made over the past 30 years and it's it's really really interesting it's really interesting some of the answers because I think we're quite similar in the fact that we just feel this need to do it and a lot of people say that a lot of people are are, I I need an outlet for it I feel bad if I don't do it or um I felt if I feel like I haven't done it for a while then I just will be like I, I feel satisfied once I have done it um Right. Some people are in the mindset that they have an incredible talent, which I found quite egotistical when I was watching it. Some people are just like, well, of course I'm going to do this. I'm amazing. What else am I going to do? And I'm like, wow, really? Okay. Um, you can't believe in yourself. <laughs> what can you believe in? Um, that's <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, and what was, the, what was the other genuine answer? Um, I think there was a lot of, I don't know. Never really thought about it. I haven't thought about why I'm creative. I just do it. That's, I mean, in in a sense, that's one of the most amazing answers, I think. I think just the idea that, you know, you had an instinct to do something and you didn't really question it. You just followed it. Yeah. Sounds 
Yeah, I, I, I see that quite a lot. People just doing things over and over and over again. And it's just, it's like, a, I, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. Um, so it's like, well, it, uh, have you seen the the Jim Carrey? Um, I don't know if it was a documentary or a YouTube, a YouTube video or something like that. But uh, he just got like very into painting and then just went absolutely ballistic with it. And it's just like thousands of paintings. He just kind of was like, oh, my goodness, I think I like this. And then it was just like painting after painting after painting after painting, wow. like big ones, small ones. Just it's like insane how I mean, I was honestly, even I was like, well, this seems a little bit over the top, you know, but um, he just kind of like locked onto that as an output form. Uh, as opposed to film and and you know other things that he that he's done and just produced an insanely large amount of work. That's amazing. I haven't. But I guess that probably subscribes to the I feel good when I have an output. Yes. Answer. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Funny. Take taking back to that. Funny. The first one I mentioned, the Crazy Brain. Um, Kalise is in it. You know the singer Kalise. Um, she retrained to be a chef, which is also a creative career. Wow. Yeah, so she was like, and it, she still does music, but she was like, I wanted to do something else for a bit, and this is also creative. It, she says it's creative in a very different oh, way. Yeah, but like, she felt like music is. It's like meth method. Well, yeah, exactly. She she felt method- like music was easier. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> method. Yeah, okay. Methodological. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh, we'll have to cut that completely. <laughs> I'm keeping it in. <laughs> we'll, it in. Uh, we'll write a word properly. <laughs> Methodolo- I'll wait for the transcription. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, they'll get it right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, I'm going to call this one The Things to Watch. We're going to be like The Things to Watch to be creative. The Things to, 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 be be creative. Wa- the things to the Watch. Things yeah. I mean, watch. yeah. The life and times of creative people. Yeah. Um, well, should we call it so. there? I think that was enough creativity for one should day. Should the, the final <laughs> pichow? We can do I'm going to go and um, do some sewing. I'm going to go and laser cut some fabric. Pichow! Pichow! Thanks very much for listening to this week's Generative Art Podcast. Um, please follow us on Twitter. We have a Twitter account, Gen Art Podcast, all one word. Uh, and we'll see you next time. Wow, wow, wow.